Brittany. I'm a senior at Randolph College majoring in history with a focus on Atlantic history and I was born and raised in Chesapeake, Virginia. In this segment, I'll be talking about women of color and the reproductive rights movement written by Jennifer Nelson. Jennifer Nelson is a professor at the University of Redlands in the Women, Gender, and Sexuality Studies Department. She studied semiotics at Brown University graduating with the class of 1989 and she received her PhD in history at Rutgers University in 1999. Her dissertation became this book, released in 2003. Her second book was released in 2016, titled More Than Medicine, A History of the Women's Health Movement. Nelson has published multiple articles about women's history, medical history, and women's studies journals about reproductive rights, women's health, social justice movements. She is currently working on a project on the movements for and against legal abortion in Mexico. Women of Color and the Reproductive Rights Movement explores the movement to secure reproductive rights for women, focusing solely on abortion rights. Jennifer Nelson talks about and explains the feminist struggles for abortion and reproductive rights that happened during the 1960s, 70s, and early 80s with an emphasis on the contribution from women of color. She examines the relationships between the second-wave feminists, who were mainly concerned about a women's right to choose, black and Puerto Rican nationalists, who were concerned about having as many babies as possible in case of a possible revolution, and women of color, who were the negotiators between the two other groups of women listed. Women of color were the backbone and main leaders of the abortion rights movement, and that is the main argument that Nelson makes in this book. She backs her argument up by using archived records, first-hand accounts, pamphlets, flash flyers from the decades in question. Examples of archived records she used in this book include Senate hearings, protests, laws, etc. Some of these examples include parts of different subsections of the feminist movement, which are the white, black, and Hispanic sides, as previously listed. The white section of the feminist movement saw evidence from a group called the Red Flockings, who were primarily in New York. The black section included information from the black nationalist groups, such as the Black Panthers and the Hispanic section included information about the Young Lord Party, who were influenced by black nationalist groups. Articles such as the abortion law repeal, sort of, a warning to women were used to explain and further spread radical feminist views on abortion laws. At one point, radical feminists would hand out flyers at abortion rallies with a picture of the ideal abortion law, a blank page. <music> While reading Women of Color and the Reproductive Rights Movement, I learned a lot. Reading about the experiences that women as a whole had to go through to fight for their and our rights has helped shed light on current issues that are happening in the United States. Seeing the fight that women of color, and more specifically black women, had to go through to stop a genocide that was happening to their communities was hard to stomach. Even today, black women have higher mortality rates when pregnant and giving birth. One point Jennifer Nelson made that has stuck with me was the role racism played in the fight for reproductive and abortion rights. The government and people in power wanted to limit the amount of kids women in poverty, which more often than not were women of color, were having. They said it was to help population control and help alleviate poverty, but to be frank, it was because of racism. The white people in charge of these clinics in the country placed these birth control clinics in poor neighborhoods that unknowingly sterilized the women of color that came in. White women did not face that scare reality though. Their main fight was to obtain legal abortions and placing control of women's bodies in the hands of women. The Red Stockings, a radical feminist group located in New York City, was founded in 1967-1968 by Pam Allen, who had previously established the San Francisco Women's Liberation Group, Suso Flopin, and had been active in the civil rights movement with the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, in Shulamith Firesent, who wrote the 1977 extracted dialect of sex. 
Other founding members include Katie Sarachild, a Harvard peace activist and veteran of the civil rights movement, Ann Cope, who had previously worked with the Students for a Democratic Society, Kate Mila, author of Sexual Politics, Robin Morgan, and Ellen Willis, a well-known feminist journalist and rock critic for The Village Voice. The group was originally aligned with the New Left, a group of sexist white males that believed that women's liberation should solely focus on women, not the Vietnam War, not on civil rights, and not on students. While we're following a demonstration in Washington, D.C., where men in the audience catcalled, booed, laughed, and shouted at Marilyn Webb, a then-member of the D.C. Women's Liberation Group, remarks such as take her off the stage and fuck her led to the separation from them. The Red Stockings made abortion and reproductive rights the main point in their feminist philosophy. They tended to focus on heterosexual sexual relations and the oppression that rose out of it, the nuclear family structure, gender roles, and experiences of reproduction. The Red Stockings argued that by addressing women's oppression at its root in the family with regards to women's bodies and their control over reproduction, could feminists start to eradicate sexism in the home, workplace, media, schools, etc. They made abortion a huge issue in the years leading up to Roe v. Wade, the 1973 Supreme Court case that legalized abortion. They made it clear that they believed that abortion and other issues concerning women's bodies should be controlled by women, not male doctors, lawyers, judges, legislators, or partners. Black women and other women of color had to face a different set of challenges that white women did not in terms of reproductive and abortion rights. Black women encountered reproductive abuses such as forced or coerced sterilization. This practice dates back to the 1930s when southern states in the United States created publicly funded birth control clinics, whose main intent was to lower the black birth rate by sterilizing women unknowingly. Members of black nationalist groups, such as the Nation of Islam and the Black Panther Party, pointed out that black women and women of color in poor economic areas and neighborhoods were being targeted by these types of clinics. Under the Johnson administration in the late 1960s, Federal birth control programs were expanded, which further harmed the black community by setting up more birth control clinics in their neighborhoods. Doctors and the government officials in charge were attempting to help with population control, which in turn would help alleviate poverty. However, that was not the case at all. They were committing genocide against poor minority communities. Women in black nationalist groups separated themselves from the men in the white-slash-mainstream feminism. They pushed for more complex reproductive rights discussions, which included one that different women have different reproductive experiences due to having different socioeconomic levels and races. By 1971, even after several states, including New York, California, Hawaii, and Washington, had legalized abortions, black women and other women of color were dying at twice the rate of white women. The two groups I have already listed, that being white women in the Red Stockings and black women in black nationalist groups, primarily worked strictly with other women. Not because they resented men or other reasons along that line, but because women understood the fight they were fighting. The Young Lord Party, a Puerto Rican group that was based on the Black Panthers, saw it differently. They believed that having men and women of color needed to work together to fight problems of poverty and racism. They believed to combat sexism, a brand new framework would have to be made for it to be addressed and for it to be equally as important as anti-racism, anti-poverty, and gender inequality. Puerto Rican women were also subject to the harsh reality of forced or coerced sterilizations that black women also faced. The women in the Young Lord Party pushed the group to embrace and accept both feminism and nationalism. 
The group had policies that connected the two ideologies together to create liberatory reproductive politics. Their standpoint came from their heritage as Puerto Rican women and feminists, and they emphasized the needs of poor people of color. This gave them a unique perspective different from their white and black counterparts. Their specific group and perspective fostered a more inclusive space. They believed that the white feminist movement had created a separatist feminist movement that primarily focused on the progress of white middle-class women and excluded people of color and lower socioeconomic groups. Young Lord members wanted women to not reject men from their movement, to help their cause and teach men about sexism and the power imbalances it created. They argued that the separation of the reproductive rights movement away from the anti-racism movement was preventing real change from happening. A quote that stuck with me from this group was, racism has to be eliminated, and that the whole division of male from female has to be eliminated, and the only way you can do that is through political education. I don't believe that a group of women should get together just to educate themselves and then not go out and educate the brothers. All the divisions do is create more struggles for marginalized groups to fight. This book is a great read to understand the fight that went into securing abortion and reproductive rights. With the uncertainty of those rights future in this country, I strongly suggest this book. It not only talks about the reproductive rights, but also the roles that racism, sexism, and classism played in limiting the control women had over their own bodies. Thank you so much for listening.